It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Today tastes like heading out the door and driving into town. It tastes like grabbing snacks and a Coke and singing as loud as you can. Today tastes like anything could happen. And it never tasted this good. Summer tastes better with Coca-Cola. Wherever you're going this week, don't forget to grab an ice-cold, refreshing Coca-Cola from 7-Eleven. Hello, my name is Dave Hanready and there will be no Encore. Welcome to episode 13, unlucky number 13, baby, of the No Encore podcast. And we're all back together. We're all back in the house. Back in the habit. <laughs> I like the way you adopted Amy Dunphy's kind of nomenclature of just, like, baby, what's up? Just sticking baby on the end of it. Everything. Somebody needs to. What He's comes around, goes around. <laughs> yeah, see? Uh, that voice there is Zara Hedeman, our guest host today. Journalist extraordinaire for State the Thin Air, uh, No Culture Icons, This is the Coven, and various other people you can look up online. Hello, Zara. Hey. Hello. Hey, we should do a round yeah. of applause. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, very clearly, we've got Craig back. Yeah, I'm we let, back. We, we let you back in. <laughs> Jesus, you gave me that look. Yeah, I'm back. I'm it's back to be back. I'm back. Antonio hand. Conte. Oh, all right, okay. Football related. Football related, Working. yeah. You so, missed that yeah. last week, didn't you? Well, Actually, no, I had didn't. a very good one, yeah. Yeah, I didn't miss it last yeah. week because you... Well, uh, I sent, yeah, I sent a You phoned in a, an insult. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't really an insult. It was more Answer like a to a question that no one asked. Philosophical question. I don't know. Colin, what do you think? Hi, by the way. Hi, how's it going? Uh, yeah, I think it was telling that he wanted to use that nickname on a day that he wasn't in studio himself. Like it was I a hit said. and run. Um, it was. Yeah. It was very hurtful, I have to say. I'm sorry, man. I haven't like, seen you in about a week, and I was just thinking, I was like, can it ever be the same again? The one thing is, as a nickname, I don't think it's going to catch on, just because it seems a bit long. But it is a little clumsy. Yeah. yeah. Antonio Conte is a bit better, though. Antonio Conte is a bit of a scary-looking man, though, isn't he? I, th- I liked your description as, as a melted waxwork of Killian Murphy. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it looked, and that'd be being generous to him. Come on, Killian would still look great. He's very attractive man. A bit, yeah. very, <laughs> very, very, very attractive man is Killian Murphy. 
Um, Does he not melt a little bit in sunshine when he's? I melt a little bit when I see him in sunshine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm melting right now. Just thinking about it. It is quite warm in here as well. Great film, usual. Yeah, it's very warm in here because it's 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 the sound of the summer. Um, (laughs) I was thinking about that today. His podcast is the sound of the summer. (laughs) What have we had? I was thinking like last year we had uh, Weekend Can't Feel My Face. The year before it was Get Lucky by Daft Punk. Mm. Uh, What have we had this year that really kind of measures up to those songs? The Manchester Preachers, Come On Wales. Sorry, I I, I stand correct. Stand corrected. Stronger together is definitely. (laughs) Well, it's got them through to the last 16 of the Euros. Well, actually, I'm trying to work out. By the time this podcast goes out, the game has already happened. Are you sure? Oh, it has. As indeed has Ireland's. I so, thought we were going to you know, do actually yes. intros where we j- were just like, we, we are, do that and stick them let, on. Let's explain. We are recording the podcast the day after Ireland's triumph against Italy. The glorious. Legends of Lille or whatever. Koi big. Koi big. It's a 1-0 <laughs> if ever. 1-0 uh, slobber knocker. So I, I think what we're, we're, what we're going to do here is uh, we're going to basically pretend that Ireland have won. Because uh, this podcast is going to arrive... The day after that, well, we're definitely going to win. France, that's a given. Mm. So. so, are we going to record like two intros here? Yeah, and then let's just see what happens with them. Yeah, I think that's probably the best way. Okay, so are we going to go with which? Are we going to go with first that we won or that we yeah, lost? Yeah, that we won. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Thierry Henry, Pepe Le Pew, oh. Gerard Jeopardy, uh the people who made Orangina. Uh, I don't know, uh, Amelie, Luke Besson, Vincent Cassel. Your your boys took one hell of a beating. Cuisine de France. Cuisine <laughs> yeah. de France. Yeah. Sickening. It crumbled. <laughs> it was the fifth goal that really set me over the edge. To be perfectly honest, yeah, uh, you were yeah. very Stuff nervous. Dreams. You were very nervous until that uh, overhead kick from John O'Shea. Well, I mean, you know, when there's only 20 minutes gone and you've already built up a 4-0 lead, you do tend to think, oh, where could it go wrong? Yeah. yeah. Like a 4-0 lead is always one of those dodgy ones. It's the, the toughest yeah. one. It really is, yeah, yeah. Um, but well, no, we weathered that storm and it finished 8-0 in the yeah. end. Well, you know, um, they, they, got what they, they got what they deserved in a George Orr Martin-esque fashion. Yeah. Mm. And I now... Do the one that we lose. No, we when, went a bit too specific, yeah. I feel. When we actually we lose the game. <laughs> uh, it's the hope that kills you. I think uh, I don't want to talk about it I now. don't even know how much hope I truly had is Roy Keane still in police custody no Giroud okay. looks lovely though he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's no Killian Murphy but he's up there he's a spiffing man spiffing <laughs> yeah it's a good word yeah I feel like you know they, they they did us proud but in the end it was your typical glorious failure and mm. it just wasn't in the script you know it just wasn't in the script guys for France yeah. to win when they're hosting it <laughs> <laughs> we did our best but we'll move on because life moves on. Yeah. And uh, speaking of, I'd like to say congratulations to uh, Nelly from Zach and Nelly's amazing podcast within a mile of home. He got married. Yay! Uh, so Yay. congratulations, Nelly. Uh, a lovely gentleman. I don't think you guys have had the pleasure of meeting him yet. You got married uh, to Zach? No. Okay. He got married to his long-term girlfriend. All right. Uh, it's not very progressive, is it? No, it's not. No, uh, I think it would have made for a better podcast. <laughs> Almost a hate crime, you'd say. <laughs> Almost a hate crime. Not quite, though. So, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, it's... I feel like let love give let let, let <laughs> love. <laughs> I feel like I'm just really thrown by I'm just really thrown by looking over behind you, Craig, and make sure this is still recording because we've had some. Oh, it is. We this had is, some. Yeah. No, no, no. It's recording. We're all good. I'm more worried about Dave bursting into a flood of tears. I know. Here or something. It seems very emotional. Got quite emotional. Charged in this room. Speech. I'm an emotional guy. <laughs> I barely know the guy, and, 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 and I'm pent up with emotion. Uh, but yeah, congratulations to to him, to his new wife, to his friends, to his his, his family. <laughs> Everyone's very happy. <laughs> Less love 
rain. On a um, on a wildly separate note, though, before we move forward, there is something I have to bring to people's attention. Uh, listeners will know that two episodes ago, when we interviewed Funeral Suits, they told us a very, very harrowing tale about pigeon and seagull murder. Pigeons being murdered by a seagull, as it were. Of course. Uh, my friend Adam is a listener to the podcast. He's quite a big fan. And he sent me a message saying, Dude, this is crazy, but just yesterday I was listening to that conversation about seagulls attacking pigeons. Today, while walking along the river in San Sebastian, I saw a seagull kill and eat a pigeon. And he sent over three photographs. Oh my god. Uh, I'm going to pass the phone around now. He sent photographic evidence of this uh, this, this happening. And also, I want to point out that uh, his autocorrect for some reason changed the word seagull to full kill. Ooh. which. <laughs> maybe, maybe that was a clue staring us in the face all along. Are seagulls uh, actually drones? Are seagulls we'll killing... We'll have to wait for the next Muse album to find out. Right? Exactly I'm thinking, right. yeah. Are seagulls killing music? <laughs> oh, dear. Get a job at the Daily eagles Mail, or I don't oh. you? Um, last week, as Grand we said, Craig was absent. Yeah. This is the official start uh, of the show now, It's because... <laughs> Uh, he was at Brian Jonestown. Was that the Jonestown? How was it? It was great. Um, as I, you explained last week, I was kind of on earlys in work, so it was a case of trying to nap and then going to this pop concert and then realizing you had to get up at the crack of dawn the next day. But it was still great, and they played for three hours. And someone was, got kicked out. Yeah, it wasn't me. It would have been me if I didn't have to think about the next day. Um, I would probably still be banged up. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird thing with the Brian Jonestown massacre where they're kind of known, for, obviously, from Dig. And Anton, the front man, is known for being a bit of a character. So it's almost like whenever someone goes to his shows, or like or there's at least one person every show that might be a fan, but still wants to antagonize him into that. Um, so I think someone threw like a cup towards him and we're just like, screw you, Anton, you suck. And he was just like, no, you suck. And then he bailed in and it was over quite quickly. But it almost felt like he has, he feels like he has to do that every show now. People expect it, and there was loud cheering, and then he got on with the music. Which did he actually? Very good. Did he actually throw the guy out though? The guy, the guy was escorted. In the I'm not sure. I was kind of looking across the crowd. I don't, I don't think he was fully removed. I think it was kind of diffused, but I might, I might be wrong. Hmm. Um, but it didn't delay the gig too long. Three hour right. show, by the way. It was really, really good. Did, I, I'm, I'm, did sorry. they play that song? Illumin. El- <laughs> I, I, I can never. I always think because I never. Anamone. Possibly. Yeah, they played that. <laughs> it was a three-hour show. They played most of their they, fucking songs. They played all the non-hits. <laughs> um, but they were brilliant. Um, Meanwhile, I, yeah. in terms of live music, uh, I want to turn to Dave No More Festival's handwriting. How's it going? Every festival, he says it. Um, yeah, and, and somehow he still finds more festivals to go to. This time it was Body and Soul. It was. And? Well, I kind of feel like... I. Throw, throw me some specific questions here, because I kind of feel like I, I can give My, you I can give you a twenty minute overview if you want. Okay. Well, I've never been to Body and Soul, but everyone talks about how it's like the atmosphere you go for, and it's obviously based a bit on Burning Man. So you know, did you get amongst it in terms of the kind of more alternative stuff that is essentially music? A little bit. You did. Okay. <laughs> I know, I know that Dave did one very specific thing because <laughs> after I had attacked the quackery that is Reiki. Dave went and found out for himself. Yeah, I did. <laughs> On the second day of Body and Soul, I got 30 minutes of Reiki done. Wow. To the tune of 20 euro. But uh, And tell did, me, yeah, what, how did, what how did happened? Did they well, align your chakras or whatever the fuck they're meant to I've be? I've changed my name now. Do you uh, have a colour? Do I have a colour? Uh, they didn't tell me. Oh. I went I'm, in, I'm thinking indigo, but anyway. I went into a tent and... Uh, 
a lady was there and she asked me, she was like, oh, you know, like, think of an intention for this, but don't tell me what it is. Uh, and I didn't tell her. And then I just lay back and let her work her magic. And for half an hour, she put her hands all over me. There was one point where I couldn't feel my own arms. And I, I think it's because for out of nowhere, her hands went freezing cold when they were on the back of my head. I, I feel like she might have dipped them into something. Or were you touching her arms? No, I wasn't. Okay. No, 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 I'm not a creep, Craig. <laughs> right. I'm, okay. I'm fully aware of what, you know, like, it's grand. Um, <laughs> it's grand. Human, human boundaries in space. Um, so, yeah, she put her hands in the back of my head, like, um, but I feel like she must have dipped them in some kind of liquid nitrogen or something at some, at some stage because it was just really, really cold. Uh, and that's when my arms started to feel like they became weightless. Um, it was a nice rest. I was there for half an hour on that table. There was a girl next to me getting her back uh, worked out by some bloke. And that was all very distracting. There's also lots of live music around you. So it wasn't completely fading away into nothingness. But uh, I did kind of flow out of the tent, I have to say. <laughs> How long did the floating last for? About 10 minutes. Okay. Until um, you got to an oxygen bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then later on, like I, I sat uh, alone in front of a fire for an hour and a half. Um, at, like While it was raining and like people kept coming and going. I made friends with one guy. He's a very nice guy. Okay. And Will he be on the podcast or possibly? He <laughs> makes me. He makes music. I gave him my email. All right. Um, I also at the fire. I also got to see people who were out of their fucking mind. Of course. Um, at a festival. Uh, shocking, isn't it? But out of order. Like one guy was like staring at the fire, like he was looking, in, like he was fucking Melisandre from Game of Thrones, looking into the flames, looking very distressed at what he was seeing. Another girl kept putting her hand in, and like, again, like she was looking for something that she'd lost. And this just kept going on, and it was just really, really distressing and weird. And eventually, like some ravers started showing up and doing their kind of like rubbish, you know, fucking like chest out, chin out. You could have moved. I, I, I had a really good spot, though. Um, yeah, and I was really enjoying it. I was taking it all in. Uh, at one point, I, I left there and I went down to the Lighthouse Cinema stage to see some of Stop Making Sense. And uh, it was a bit too packed with people dancing for me. Uh, on the way out, a girl was walking in and she goes, Sounds like Kings of Leon, Sex on Fire in there. Oh, dear. Uh, it was actually the Stereophonics, was it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dakota. So in terms of the musical standouts, then. <laughs> there was actually lots of those, uh, to be fair. Most of what I saw was absolutely fantastic. Uh, Reese and Gano family were absolutely brilliant. They are turning into a consummate festival band as well. They really know what they're fucking doing. Like they kind of beef up their set quite a bit. They have MCs come out. I believe one of the guys from either Windings, yeah, or, or Give Man a Kick, was on guitar towards mm-hmm. the end of this of this set. Now they were playing on day three, and day three was was kind of the most affected by the weather. The first day was quite nice. It was kind of nice, kind of summer sunshine. On the first day, Bitch Falcon were playing our previous guests, and they were absolutely brilliant. They raised their game, and it was an excellent. It was great to see them kind of like play to a full tank because obviously they were here last week, and they were kind of like, oh, I don't know what kind of crowd we're going to get. It's a festival, who knows? But it was a home run for them. Um, on the last day, the, like, the weather was so severe. It was torrential rain. It was mud. Like, really, like we're, we're seeing right now scenes from Glastonbury before it even kicks off, and it looks like fucking hell oh, on earth. Yeah. Oh, no, it looks it looks appalling. This yeah. is yeah. this was not far off, unfortunately. And and therefore, you had the likes of Sun Kill Moon, Mark Oslek, playing to about 25 people and letting them know that he was playing to 25 people. He was not happy. Didn't stop the kids from playing in puddles nearby, though, you said. Kids playing in puddles nearby as he played his second song, which was a song that he wrote on the plane over. It was about gun violence and included lyrics about Orlando, about Joe Cox, who was just killed, uh, about Muhammad Ali. Like, so it was very kind of... And probably about what food he had on the plane. Probably, yeah. yeah. It went on quite a bit, as they tend to do. Kids playing in puddles while this is happening. At one point, he was like... They said there'd be 15,000 people here. And there obviously weren't. Um, but Sounds I, like he was joking then. No, no, he, in, <laughs> in, in, in his way. He actually gave a shout out to Roos and Gana family. He, he, he was like, I don't know what the name of the band they were on here before me, but they were absolutely brilliant. Um, I, I, I personally loved his set. It was incredibly surreal. It was very, very strange. It was quite heavy rain and, you know, not a lot of people there. But it's Mark Oslek and it, he's a, it's a unique thing. At one point, he, he was doing this big, long build-up where he was talking about, uh, he goes, the next song I'm going to play is the greatest song I've ever written. 
and the crowd started kind of shouting at him. And then out of nowhere, he just goes, shut up, I'll play whatever the fuck I want. And then he played a tender piano cover of Frank Sinatra's Something Stupid. And people started slow dancing. He's a strange man. He is. Uh, Wolf Parade were on the stage that night. They were absolutely phenomenal. It was so great to see them back again. Um, there was a lot. I mean, honestly, every day had something really, really good happening. I mean, like the, I'm, I'm forgetting. Girl band were great. Uh, even if the crowd that were around me were complete fucking dickheads who don't know how to behave themselves at the festival. Um, Here's the main question. Should have gone to Reiki. Will, will you go again, Dave? <laughs> to Body and Soul. It was my first Body and Soul. Or to a festival. No, um, that's the thing. <laughs> I've known you five years, and after every festival we've ever been to, we're just like, yeah, that's the last festival we'll ever go to. Um, I was like 20 really festivals ago. when I heard that you were at Body and Soul. I was like, what? He, he retired. <laughs> I am officially handing in my Native American headdress, no. uh, flower crown. Are we losing our festival friend? Your festival friend uh, perished in the mud-soaked banks of Ballinlock Castle, my friend. It's over. <laughs> that that was, I worked it out. I was quite stunned by this. That was my 17th festival. My 17th yeah. festival. Now, and 15 of those festivals... This have, summer. <laughs> 15 of those festivals have fallen in five years. Do you think it's related or... Well, the, the 15 festivals I was at were, like, were all work-related. So, you know, fair enough. But no, I'm done. I'm burnt out. It's not worth it. I mean, it's not like... This was the, this was the first time I camped at a festival in a very long time. Yeah. Eight years, to be particular, which is not, not, not enjoyable, to say the least. You're st- the problem, as everybody knows, with festivals is people. And you're surrounded by people. And you're surrounded by the worst kinds of people. So, you know... Like, Happy you, people that like music. <laughs> no, but, like, it's... it's it's It goes beyond that. And it, go- and, 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 and it goes to somewhere very dark and uncomfortable. And there are times when you just want to press a button and be in your bedroom. And you can't do that. Yeah. So it just becomes really kind of, like... The tension just mints. And it can be... It can just be very, very difficult to, to get by. I, this is kind of a bit grim. Yeah, I sound like I sound like Michael Douglas and falling down right now. And I'd like to point out that it's not that bad. Uh, and I did actually have a great time overall. But it's just the combination of the weather, which was unfortunate. Like, there's nothing the festival can do about that. Like you know, like that, yeah, that was. Yeah. It's just one of those things. I mean, they could have made an effort, though. It sounds like nothing was going did. on. <laughs> there's lots of straw. There's lots of lads driving around with bales of hay and straw and doing their very best. But what can you do? Uh, I got to push a car out of some mud in my socks. The fe- the feeling has just come back into my feet now after about four days. Um, That's a good foot mask, though. In fairness, some <laughs> yeah. people pay good money and lush for that. Like there you go. <laughs> Thing. Yeah. Oh, Have you ever done that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Would you recommend it? No. Well, look. To wrap up, um, we'll see a Kendrick at Longitude. No, 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 no. This is it. This is it. I hereby, I David William Hanrady, officially retire from festivals. Oh. It's over. All right. I'm okay. done. And I had a great time, but it's a young man's game. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> Cullen, um, you, you had a nice weekend uh, baking cookies and watching sports. Well, I didn't do the cookie baking myself. I ate them once. How they were, were they? Absolutely sensational. Do you know how it was to be in the fucking tent that was flooding and get a photograph of these cookies fresh out of the oven? Yeah, it, sorry, it was, mate. It was rough. I just like to remind people that my life is fantastic sometimes. <laughs> um, <laughs> the fabulous life of Cullen Marie. Yeah, exactly. Coming soon to the E Network. Yeah. yeah, at the same time, I turned 28 this weekend. So Hey, happy birthday. Yeah, getting to be an old man. Oh, no, eight boys. Glad I'm 27 yeah, for an no, extra clap, week. <laughs> When's yeah. your birthday? 1st of July, so I'm the week after. My birthday on the 12th, everybody. When's yours, Zara? 10th of February. Oh, sorry. Nice solid date. You can send us some gifts. 10 too. Ten to. <laughs> We've gone off on a very strange tangent here, so let's get it back to something more music related. Music less, podcast. Let's birthday related. Um, well, happy birthday makes a lot of money. 
Tom DeLonge. Oh, Jaws, Jaws. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's talk about, about that yeah. for 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's bloody not. That's a very good point, Sarah. Um, Elaborate. <laughs> Tom DeLonge came out this week. Did he? And Pride's coming up and everything. That, that's really impressive. Yeah, well, to be perfectly honest, um, what's come out about Tom DeLong is very, very strange indeed. Yeah. He, he doesn't want a human union. He wants apparently yeah, working with the government. Yes, he is. Well, hang on. Before we get going on this, uh, let's remind ourselves of a Blink-182 song from back in the day called, fittingly enough, Aliens Exist. So yeah, aliens exist, and that's definitely the line that Tom DeLonge is sticking with. Um, he said that Blink-182 is not so much what he's doing with his life. Uh, he's dealing with a national security issue. No better man. Yeah, he's he started this kind of multimedia project called Secret Machines, but it's apparently going to involve kind of books, music, documentaries on unidentified aerial phenomena. And I think when he talks about working with the government, he seems to be talking about he's piecing together this documentary about whether aliens exist and he's talking to some alleged kind of, I don't know, FBI types or CIA types or something. It's very much John Ronson and Robbie Williams going looking for aliens. It reminded me a lot of, oh, he's now the American Jim Corr. Yeah, oh, yeah that's a good there, there is yeah. definitely... Yeah, yeah. An air of Jim Core about be on this. Late, late, any day now, having a meltdown. <laughs> a solid booking for them. They should get him in. Yeah, so presumably there will be a new range of tinfoil hats being sold at Blink One Eight Two gigs if he rejoins the band, and he hasn't ruled that out because yeah. he said he's been talking to Travis Barker about the band recently, and he said never qu- did quit. Remember, but am I working with people in the government? Yes, yes. <laughs> including leaders from the Department of Defense, Intelligence, and Executive Branch. Yes. Just wait for the documentary before considering ridiculous headlines. Do you think when he was what? on the phone to Travis, he was just like, do you hear a clicking? <laughs> <laughs> Travis? Um, yeah, I kind of feel like Tom DeLong. This story is not new. Like This, this was out about a year ago, and like, I guess people are just picking up now because Blink-182 and a new album coming out. But uh, yeah, he, the guy's clearly lost his fucking mind. So Is this a recent thing, though? Because obviously... Well, this is from a recent... These, these, are, was, these are fresh quotes, but... They, they were, but they, is he... This has been going off on for the deep end. This like. has been going off, uh, going on for a few years. Yeah, I noticed that. So Fifty Cent, he is also forty, and he 
kind of had a bit of a flip out and Tom is 40. Oh, well, it's a middle age thing. <laughs> I think it's definitely a middle okay. age thing. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, so 50 Cent kicked off stage as you just said there and uh, reacts with quiet grace as Dave has done another show. He did not react with quiet grace. Um, so he was doing a concert in Atlanta and it was one of these things which just seem awful if you're an artist in America. They seem to be a big deal where it's like a radio station that's obviously got a huge amount of traction in that area puts on like a birthday bash or something big and you're on some bill with it's usually Pitbull playing after you like someone like that and you're given a really kind of structured amount of time that is um, better than Pitbull playing during the Chilean national anthem which happened at <laughs> Copa America a fortnight ago how'd that go for him? oh no 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 he wasn't meant to play like some, oh, right. somebody was playing the Chilean national anthem across the PA system in the ground and suddenly Pitbull came on <laughs> oh amazing <laughs> yeah wow yeah so Pitbull didn't come on in this instant but um 50's time was up and he didn't realise that he acted reacted angrily he says me and my time is up um, talking to the organisers who seem to be like ushering him off the stage he goes you mean to tell me you motherfuckers is going to kick me off the stage for T.I. and Jeezy fuck this fuck it <laughs> or if they were ushering him off he would have said oh. yeah oh, <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Jesus. Um, but then I, I really liked his parting shot here where he says, you know, I've one minute left. You mean to tell me I can't have one minute? I'm not leaving. I don't give a fuck what's coming up next. I can't have one minute. Minute Is she the program director? Presumably pointing at that moment. Yeah. Take my music off your station. I don't want your motherfucking station no more. We got YouTube, which is just the best fucking closer ever. We got YouTube. YouTube, we got YouTube. YouTube 50. Yeah, yeah. Really like. Internet, baby. <laughs> I, know, I know they've talked about the thing of like, you know, how fucking Kanye West kind of killed his career, but clearly he did it like so absolutely that Fiddy still thinks it's 2007. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 50 Cent, I mean, speaking of careers, I mean... What's happening with him? Well, he's he was, broke, isn't he? Well, didn't he Apparently just kind of say he was so he, he was, could get yeah. away? Well, in the American you way. Know, allegedly. Didn't, like, fucking Jim Sheridan directed him in a film? Did he yeah. put all that weight back on? I, I haven't seen he it. He did. He was doing another film role where he had, had to, to lose a huge yeah, yeah, he was like, yeah. skeletal for a while. Yeah. Um, but the acting didn't seem to take off. Shocking. He's got such presence. Uh, his his vitamin water did. Um, <laughs> yeah. Fit. Do you drink Do you drink that stuff, do you? Vitamin water, yeah. fifty cents. Vitamin water, yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I got it. I got it sent to the house. Crates and crates of stuff. Well, I used to glow. do that. <laughs> I you. used to get vitamin water sent by the crate. The fifty cent vitamin water. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, like it's. I think it's Coca Cola that it? actually make it. That he started it. I think. Okay. If I'm correct. Did it have a special flavor? Yeah, there's a fucking ton of them. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Um, they were all infused with like different shit. So, uh, yeah, there was one with, like, I don't know, fucking, like, caffeine and stuff like that. and it was well, Maybe it had one too many good for you. Pick me up. <laughs> Drink, pimp. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, speaking of YouTube, uh, 50s, obviously, you know, that's the saviour. But um, most <laughs> musicians on the planet don't seem to agree with him. There's this new petition um, advocating the US Congress for reform for this Digital Millennium Copyright Act. Um, it basically, it doesn't mention YouTube by name, but it's essentially what allows YouTube to do what it does, which is, you know, give free reign to people to put up kind of copyrighted work and not do much about it. Um, so a huge amount of people have signed up for this, likes of uh, Paul McCartney, Taylor Swift, U2, Vince Staples, Kings of Leon. Um, I don't know how Vince Staples managed to sneak yeah. into that <laughs> top five list right there, just, you know. Yeah. Well, Yoko Ono's on it. Um, like, no one's... Well, you two, you two's name is on this twice. Of course, of course it is. <laughs> so that fucking Bex important. there, Jack White. Um, I kind of agree with them, to be honest. I'm surprised YouTube's kind of got away with it for so long because they've made colossal amount, amounts of money for 
just like as one of the quotes here goes off the back of like free content yeah i mean basically it's that you need to send a takedown notice to stop anything on youtube yeah yeah and essentially the burden's on the wrong side is what they're saying especially because these laws are 20 years old so yeah. you know it, it's not World's feasible changed a little it's bit not feasible 96. to keep up with when they keep popping up yeah so it, it, it does need changing um it's pretty insane situation. Um, and it's going to make uh, 50 Cent's life even harder. <laughs> yes. Um, but I, di- I did see a thing recently where, in terms of British musicians, the, like the top musicians, they actually make more from vinyl sales than from YouTube now. It's like that insane. Like they pay something like a quarter of what the likes of Spotify pay. So YouTube is just not kind of giving a fair shake to artists. I like how you become an expert on music platforms, uh, especially <laughs> considering the fact that once again, in a blatant act of cowardice, you forced us to tell the listener. Big announcement. The big announcement. Yeah, it was like a conscious uncoupling with me and Tidal. Um, I don't know where it all went wrong. I'm sorry, Jay-Z. Sorry, Beyonce. I'm sorry, Kanye. Um, who else was at that weird press conference? Oh, Dead Man. Chris, Jack White, Jack Chris White. Martin, Daft Punk. Um, Rihanna was there, Rihanna. I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it just had to end some stage. You're um, taking money off their table. I am. I am. Uh, um. I think their table can probably afford to give a little bit of money away. <laughs> so what are, you, what are you using now? Like a wireless? Pandora. A gramophone? I'm, I'm back to Spotify. Oh, wow. Just, yeah. Um, and it's, it's never been better. I mean, we had some problems before, but I think, you know, my time with Tidal really showed me I was onto a good thing with Spotify. And uh, yeah, weddings in September. Let love rain. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, we were going to talk about Michael Jackson, but that story's a bit too grim. So we're it's not, very grim, so we're not, we're not going to. Yeah. Uh, instead, we're going to play some music now. And uh, we're going to get into the songs of the week. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Bunsen. So I stood outside Bunsen and asked some people how their burger made them feel. And I bumped into this Italian couple with their kids. And I believe this Italian man has a better grasp of English vocabulary than anybody I know. How did the burger make you feel? Made her feel randy. She's ready for more. Don't even pretend that you don't want that burger. Bunsen. Now on South Ann Street, as well as Temple Bar and Wexford Street. We're back. Delicious. You know what else is delicious? <laughs> New music. And that's I, why... I thought you were going to say me. <laughs> why would I call you delicious? I don't know. What the fuck is wrong with you? Put a bit of ketchup on you in your buns and burgers. Oh. <laughs> She's a natural. See, do you know what this is, Craig? This is, this is an aggressive power play from me. I brought in your replacement. Oh my God. Hello. <laughs> That was evil. Yeah. I don't know what's going on there anymore. You go. Tables have turned. Let's listen to some music. Let's listen to some music. What's first up, Craig? Um, are we going to listen to... Let's have Sigur Rós first, will we? Okay. Um, with their new song. I don't know why I picked Sigur Rós because now I have to pronounce the song title, which go is on, Over... Over there? Over there? Over there? I'd go with that. Listen yeah. to it.
Okay, that's a that's a cigarette song for sure. Yeah, it's definitely cigarettes, isn't it? <laughs> um, they premiered this by uh, driving around Iceland for twenty four hours. Now I don't mean to complain, but both times that I checked it during that day, yeah, they parked. Oh really? Oh. Yeah, they were just pulled Bathroom over breaks. at the side of the road. Yeah, I don't know really. Or switching driver or something, you know, <laughs> getting a bit of petrol. I didn't stay on for long enough to really discern. Exactly were they driving around on. like with like with the top down in a fucking convertible while blaring this, or like what, what was the gimmick? I think it was in a van. And I think the music itself, as I understand it, was kind of being distorted slightly on computer, like and okay, um, as they were going. But it, for twenty four hours, yeah, it was just this song, um, which seems unnecessary. Mm. But I mean, it's 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 all right. I quite like it. Yeah. I like the kind of rhythm of it. It's it's got a certain heaviness to it. it, just in terms of its intent and tone. I think that might be a kind of uh, you know. Like Quaker, their last album was probably their heaviest yet, um, and this seems a bit like that. Yeah, and I must say that I tend to prefer when Sigurós go more towards yeah, it's the not kind the of lighter kind and melodic of, yeah, end yeah. of things. Well, you say that, but didn't you once see them live? And didn't a certain gentleman near you also prefer that? Yeah, that was fucking. Yeah, when you talk about going heavy, um, <laughs> so set, set the scene. Uh, Oxygen 2006, where I was stood with a friend of mine um, in the tent on, I think it was a Sunday night, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers were headlining outside, as it happens. We'll be talking chilies later, but we chose to see Sigur Rose and so had a chap who was standing behind me with a pint or ten too many, who decided that he was going to sing along. Can you sing it? No, never, this is yeah. the thing, yeah. Sigur Rose <laughs> sing in like a kind of a gobbledygook language that they've made up it's themselves. Like and no, well, no, but they've it's actually... Like it's like whales. Like <laughs> it's Totally yeah. chancing her arm. And yeah, the bloke next to me decided that he would be joining in. Um, obviously making it up himself. And then when there were no words, he would sing the riff, which didn't is he, why... Wait, wait, didn't he put his like, arms around? Yes, which is why I will, until the day I die, always remember the moment where... He threw one arm around me, one arm around the girl I was with, and rocked back and forth during Hoppy Pola singing. <laughs> it was one of the most grim experiences of my life. Wow. Yeah. And uh, it should be said that by the time people listen to the cigarettes, we'll have played and in I'll have Kilmainham. Been there. I'll have been there. And, Indeed. Uh, I and hope they're really good, because when I saw them in Electric Picnic a few years ago, again, same deal, people around me just having the chats like it was in a fucking beer garden. And as a matter of fact, um, Aidan Gillen was there. He was a couple of people oh, ahead of was, us. Yeah. Remember this? You remember I this? do remember this. Uh, this was a proper Aidan Gillen moment. Joe, uh, Joe Panama of Overhead the Albatross yeah. was there with his Overhead the Albatross mates, including Vinnie Casey, whose birthday it is today, by the way. Happy birthday, Vinnie. Happy, happy birthday, birthday, Vinnie. Happy 30th birthday. Should we really wish him a happy birthday? <laughs> Still craving and gutless, yeah. but you know, it's fine. Uh, so basically, what happened was we saw Joe see Aidan Gillen. And he recognised him from The Wire and was like, oh my God, it's Kirkheddy from The Wire. Yeah, I've got to go say hello. He was so happy he was for so a happy. second or two. And we saw him, we were like, God, no, Joe, don't. Because we were like, <laughs> you know, he's notoriously prickly. He doesn't like people coming up to him at festivals and, you know, can understand that kind of thing. Smash cut to Joe coming back out of the crowd looking like lost about two seconds later going, he was really rude. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what'll happen. But yeah, so I'm hoping for a better atmosphere this Sunday and I'll let you know all about that on the next episode. And hopefully you don't get the bloke that I came across at that gig either. <laughs> Um, another band making uh, a comeback this one an awful lot longer due as well as the Avalanches yeah and uh, this is their new one it's called Subways you walk on the subway it moves around so you go 
Now, was anybody a huge fan of the Avalanche? I love that album. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) End of show. (laughs) Don't ask me anything else ever. Okay, I mean, I can't yeah, say I was, I was a ever... fan. I was a kind of not a major fan, but I thought they were great. Um, I was waiting for them to do something for maybe the first five years, and then I stopped waiting. I'm still waiting for them to do something, mate. Hey, you don't really like it. you're not a fan. Not. Really? I never really got it. I was traumatized by their last single. Like traumatized. Wait, wait, like recent single yeah, or yeah, Fra- Frankie Sinatra? Yeah, which is just. I was going to say this is much more like it. This is that was dreadful. Frankie Sinatra is one of the worst songs of the year. Yeah. And I think people who are who are claiming that it isn't are just Avalanche's fans who are trying to do their best here. It's rubbish. Well, now a few songs have come out and all a billion times thankfully better than Frankie Sinatra. But this is good. I've I seen like people say they were kind of almost trying to do a like frontier psychiatrist thing where it was like a gimmicky song almost. They had Doom and Danny right. Brown kind of just doing their own thing on it. It didn't work. It was really irritating. This is this is much better. Um, yeah, I, no, I tend to agree. It's a decent tune. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing the album as yeah. a whole. Um, I mean, have you heard the track Colors? Yeah. Another one. It's maybe even better. Am You're, I right in saying that there's 21 songs in this album or something ridiculous? I'm not sure, to be I honest. I think fairness, they had 16 years. Like. Yeah, yeah, this is true. And they yeah. seem to have done a lot of collaborations. And Colors has your mate, um, Jonathan Donahue of, uh, of Mercury, <laughs> Mercury Ref. Ref. Oh, he, he was yeah. fucking crazy at Body and Soul, by the way. Oh, yeah? Mental. In yeah. what sense? <laughs> Just bombing around the stage, constantly jumping on drum kits, like conducting with saws at one point, I think he had in his hands. He is slightly nuts. I and mean, he kept yeah. like throwing his arms up to heaven like fucking Chris Jericho. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> the last time I talked to him and I was kind of like, you know, how are you, man? And he's like, you know, moving on a cosmic wave. And I'm like, all right, yeah. Uh, We've all had those When I spoke to him I I interviewed him years ago And I was chatting to him And during the first question He was was there for a walk somewhere In LA I guess And he was just Chatting away as normal And then he randomly just goes The wicked warlock of the east And I went Is is that your nickname? And he goes Around here it is I was like, okay. When I asked him who'd be in, in his dream band, he named Mercury Rev. So, fair play. That's, well, that's loyal. Yeah. That is loyal. Uh, also on the Avalanche's record, our boy Father John Misty. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah it seems like they're doing a kind of Daft Punk thing where they're, they're just like getting their dream kind of collaborators together and obviously a long time in the making. So, yeah, I'm intrigued to hear it. As I said, I like their kind of previous stuff. Um, Subways, this song is very nice, but it's kind of similar to what we were doing before. And I don't know if so much time's elapsed that uh, that kind of cut and paste thing. Um, I don't know. It's not as fresh, innovative. Yeah, it sounds like it was. It could have been released, you know, when they were releasing stuff before. So nice, but I don't. I don't expect to be blown away. I guess. Sure. Um, elsewhere this week, I was surprised to see Dave choose to to put this on the list. It's uh, the new one from the Kaiser Chiefs. It's Parachute.
Why were you surprised? It doesn't seem like you. D- Dave has a kind of soft spot for some of Kaiser Chiefs material. Oh, 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 uh, no, hang on. What, what was that? What, 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 was that? what just happened there in the studio? Something no, weird. No, no, more no, more no. gremlins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you say that, but I feel like you're the one who kind of turned me on to that great... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're the one that turned me on to Kaiser Chiefs back in the day. Yeah, the, the whole punk thing was kicking off. And, uh, <laughs> you're the Lester- just like, listen to this, yeah. it'll change your life. Yeah. Yeah. The Lester Bangs of, the, uh, of, of my life. Yeah. No, um, they have that excellent song, I Dare You, which is on that weird kind of choose your own adventure album, The Future is Medieval. Uh, I think Modern Way is a really good tune. Yeah. That's kind of about it. I will say that they kind of won me over when I saw them at auction in 2008, probably because they followed the Fratellis, you know. A fucking... <laughs> the only way is up. Yeah, like a fucking mm. mime could have followed the Fratellis. And I, would, I would have been like, this is amazing. Uh, but yeah, this... No, I'm not, I'm not, I want to clarify. I'm not a Kaiser Chiefs fan or anywhere close to it. This song, however, what, what, what are they doing? I just find it very telling. Like, it's... <laughs> like, if... Because when I like it, baff- like it's baffling me now. So when I li- went to listen to it today, I had like a picture of when they first came out and how grumpy and surly they were, and then like their drummer Nick just like looking at me with this really angry face, and then this song, and I was like, he can't be happy with this song. It's so. Well, hang on. So when you listen to music, do you like get photographs of the band and pop yeah. them next to you? Some kind <laughs> well, of. Well, no. Like it, they'll generally be one in front of close me. at hand yeah <laughs> that's quite odd although i must admit that yeah when i do phone interviews i make a mask of the person with a flappy mouth because <laughs> 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 you realized she was just saying like she was on the computer yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> that's okay. exactly what oh, i right. thought like, <laughs> like visuals with sound <laughs> 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 she has guys cheese pictures hanging on her yeah. walls yes. temporary shrine for yeah. 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 I, I thought like you know for you me, me, listening to music is very visceral she's not mental <laughs> Yeah, like, this is a weird kind of a beaten vibe. They're clearly going for the charts, and they've been trying to do this since Nick Hodgson left the band. He was their main songwriter. He actually had a bit of kind of class. He wrote all the lyrics, didn't he? Well, all the songs. All the, everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, did pretty much everything, so. um, Oh, he's not there, he's gone, is he? Yeah, and since then, Ricky's done X Factor as a judge. The Voice. Oh, The Voice, okay, sorry, I don't watch it. Um, (laughs) uh, Share his spin, Greg. He he said... said, It seems to be the selling point. (laughs) Yeah. Can I just say, by the way, I've never got that show because, like, the first round, the chair is spinning. You go, "Oh, yeah," so like, you know, it's a blind audition thing. And then for the rest of the show, no, they just fucking face him. Yeah. Like, a, the whole selling point of the show has got just gone out the fucking door. And b, as a spectator at home, you never have that. The only way you can replicate it is if you fucking turn to the wall should, until you're ready to turn around. And see should they hide the people time. for the viewers? Would you watch it then? Yes. Yeah, just do it on radio. But no, those shows, the whole, <laughs> selling, the whole selling point is the judges. So like the likes of, you know, Tom Jones. Will I Am. Will I Am. And Jesse J. Who, by the way, was discussing the Queen's birthday on the BBC last oh, week. Oh, no, don't. don't. Let's not no, talk, about that. talk about that. I don't know why. Poor Del talk boy. about another person's birthday yeah. as well. Like. Everyone's birthday. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we can't talk about that. No. No, no we can't. David Jason. Just look it up. It's really upsetting. Yeah. Apparently he got the story. Okay, let's, let's, let's just it. move on. <laughs> 21 <laughs> pilots. Oh, no, sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, Kaiser Chiefs, before, before we wrap okay. up there. Um, take- oh, sorry, I was just going to say that. <laughs> Ricky Wilson said precisely that he went on that show just to kind of publicise the band and they seem to be just trying to get some level of popularity. This song's like a desperate kind of attempt to get into Just take that. Yeah, it's like a, a take that song. It, it would be a, actually sound very like Gary yeah. Barlow. Yeah, yeah. It's, so yeah, and it's not a good one either. It's finished. really, it's it's mm. very bad. It's very transparent, and I feel like this will be the last we hear from them. 
Peace I'm, yeah. So long, lads. We should be so lucky. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't guarantee it. No, but, neither uh, would I. I could see this maybe being a hit, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry. Now we move on uh, to 21 Pilots and Heathens. I know this one got a thumbs up from at least one of the people at the table tonight. Uh, see what you make of it here. Dave, you are a confessed fan. Well, I don't know this band actually very well. Uh, I've seen this name bandied about quite a lot. I understand uh, they're very popular amongst the youth of today. Mm. Uh, I quite like this song quite a bit. Uh, this is off the Suicide Squad soundtrack, That's right. yeah. uh, which I'm amazed is still called Suicide Squad. I assume that they would change it to, you know, like Joker Squad at some point because mm. you know, people would be like, how can you call a film that? But the Suicide Squad is coming out in August. Looks pretty crap. Uh, people will be interested to see if Jared Leto can pull off being a narcissistic weirdo, and I'm pretty sure he can. So That's a stretch. Isn't don't it? worry. Yeah, don't worry about that, guys. He will be just fine as the Joker. Uh, this track, I really, really dig it. I first heard it and I was like, oh, not much is happening, but that's why I like it. Uh, it's really kind of cool and stripped back. It's got a kind of hypnotic beat. The video actually incorporates the movie, which we haven't seen in about 20 fucking years. So I'm happy to see a return of that. And yeah, for me, it's a, it's a thumbs up. I quite like it a lot. I quite liked it as well, to be honest. And I can see how it was a good choice for this soundtrack. Like, it seems like it would f- fit in and work in well there. I mean, it's no, you know, kiss from a rose in terms of superhero songs, but... Nothing uh, ever will be Nothing again. ever no, will no. be. Um, so we just have to move on, and I've tried, but I just can't. But anyway, um, yeah, no, it's quite good. It sounded a bit like an American Alt-J to me, but less boring. Ooh. <laughs> That's an... Okay, I hadn't really thought of that. I can see that now, and now I don't like the song anymore. I'm like, sorry. I can, I can see some of the similarities, but I think, yeah, it, it ticks the boxes that you want from one of those Hollywood yeah. releases yeah. as well. It's well it? executed. It's a, it's a good tune. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the thing that got us most excited this week, we've probably mentioned it on the pod before, yeah, was uh, Portishead and their cover of ABBA's SOS. This is what it sounds like. That is impressive. I love it. 
It broke my heart. I hated uh, it so much. You hated it? Oh, did you like it? Yeah. What? Really? I think it's. I think. I. I. I it's oh. Amazing. Oh. Okay. Go Zara's ahead. face right. <laughs> Zara, <laughs> my listeners. Zara, rock the mic. Um. Yes, I just found it a bit like because all I could have was the original version in my head, and what a stellar song that is. And then this so slowed and like. I was bored. I was really bored listening to it. And that, like, to the point where 20 seconds towards the end, I was like, I know what happens here. And I just went, no. I like how, for, for <laughs> listeners who can't see, Zara just, like, did a dismissive hand wave, which I assume she did to her computer itself and, like, got up and I left the room. I literally did. I wow. actually did. Wait, so you, gave it, you didn't even give it one listen? I Mostly. I mean, I gave it a listen to when Abba sang it. Craig, I'm sorry. You're not going to be replacing this podcast after all. Yay. No. You, can, you can stick around, buddy. I must say that, I mean, I liked it. I'm a big Portishead fan. The last 20 seconds, it's funny that you should mention, for me, might have been both one of the highlights of the song and a sort of a kind of a symbol of where it might have gone. And where I might have enjoyed it slightly more. I mean, I do think it is quite monotonous. Mm. And, you know. Oh, but that voice, though. Beth Gibbons. I mean, it's just such a haunting voice. Oh. I just listen to her saying anything. And it's such a great song. And it kind of gets to, like, I don't know. It brings out that quality that a lot of ABBA songs have. That kind of really melancholic thing. And mm-hmm. I think it stretches it out and works with it really well. It, it worked for me, anyway. Um, but I remember, Dave, when we kind of first heard it, we were all in favour of it we're going to talk about it before it was quickly taken off the internet and we were like devastated yeah because <laughs> like, it was, that's how much we liked it it was leaked by somebody yeah. and Porter's Head uh, took it down because this is actually like you know their first release their first official release of any audio uh, since 2009 since they released their last album The Rip yeah they haven't even spoken or third sorry is that the name of the album uh, <laughs> third but, uh, yeah. yeah sorry uh, The Rip is a song on that album and basically this actually has a filmic tie-in as well it appears in Ben Wheatley's High Rise which came out in March uh, pretty challenging film um, I've mixed thoughts on it but overall I quite admire it. It's used in that movie to kind of get across the sense of excess and how humanity, you know, becomes like destructive and, you know, man turns on man, all that kind of stuff. And it it works exceptionally well and I've kind of been desperate to have it back. Of course, the reason why I think Portishead have released this is for quite tragic reasons. Uh, They're honouring the uh, life and death of uh, MP Joe Cox, who was killed in England a couple of weeks ago. And the the video actually ends with a quote from her, and it's essentially an encouragement for people to try and overlook hatred and defeat that kind of whole horrible situation that is, seems to be sweeping the world at the moment. And in the video, Beth Gibbons goes from being this kind of barely glimpsed crouching figure to putting out her hand, and it's a very, very effective image. I can see where Cullum is coming from in as much as the flourish at the end is so strong that you would like to have heard an entire song based around that. But for me... This is fucking ear candy, and I can't stop listening to it. It should be said that part of the reason why the flourish works so well is because it's in contrast to what has been a very delicately constructed song for the previous two and a half minutes. So, you know, that in itself is kind of uh, praise uh, for what they they achieved. Unless, of course, you're Zara, in which case you fucking Can I listen to the 20 seconds and then come back next week? (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll think about it. We'll see how that works. So, yes, those were the big songs of the week. Uh, in terms of an album of the week, oh, well, this one's going to be interesting, uh, folks. This is the Red Hot Chili Peppers. That's right, 
That is the title track from the Red Hot Chili Peppers' new album, The Getaway. Uh, we all gave this uh, an extensive spin over the past week. Opinions? Craig suggested this album, so I think he should start. Well, I mean, we're in the summer, so it's a quiet time for album <laughs> releases. Uh, this was by far the biggest. And I don't know, I think I'm going to be going against you guys a bit because I don't intensely hate this record <laughs> actually it's kind of grown over me a few days I should, say, I should say as a kind of you know I should point out that we've talked about it on the podcast before I have a soft spot for Red Hot Chili Peppers like just nostalgic thing mm-hmm. I kind of like the factor around I think the things that maybe Dave gets annoyed about with the Chili Peppers <laughs> I kind of find funny and endearing and I'm glad they're in the world so I was kind of I came to this with a big open heart and I got rewarded, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've also you've also you've also come to the, both it and the podcast this week with a, a special assignment that you put together. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I mean, uh, what can you say about the Red Hot Chili Peppers? That hasn't already been said. <laughs> already been said. <laughs> I've got a few of them to add in a minute. Don't worry. <laughs> you know, as much as musically, I thought some of this worked Anthony Kiedis as a lyricist he's not exactly Bob Dylan Um, (laughs) we're going to probably talk about Go Robot which is one of maybe the (laughs) highlights (laughs) of his wordsmithery um, in this new album where he talks about spanking a a robot on the arse Um, but you know he's got previous so I thought I would rummage through the archives of his his notebooks and come up with the top 10 cringiest Kiedis lyrics of all time take it away alright so I'm going to start with Sorry, before you start, I, I want people to know that you have extensive notes here. Oh my here. god, yeah. There and are pages, and there's like there's, they've been written, they've been touched up. It's it's like watching Craig go into there's a po- arrows. It's like watching Craig go into like a political debate. It's amazing. When I started, I realised I was way in off my head <laughs> because he's just got too much mental stuff out there. It's also printed in red because I had no black ink, so I just look like an insane person. So number ten. <laughs> Is a lyric from a song that could just be, we could just have selections from all of it because it's Sir Psycho Sexy um, from Blood Sugar Sex Magic, um, where he talks about having sex with a policewoman and um, Eve in the Garden of Eden. He gets a heart on. Um, this is kind of succinct, just for number 10. Creamy Beaver, hotter than a fever. That's number 10. I already regret this. Can we stop? Number nine. It's a bit more family friendly. Kind of a a nod to Mary Poppins here. Um, (laughs) Bringing it up to Californication right on time. Super califragilistic. Kiss me in the futuristic. (laughs) So I don't know what... I'm uh, I'm leaving this. (laughs) My futuristic has always been one of my most tender areas. Dave's actually left. (laughs) Oh no. Mid-90s, John Frusciante left the band. They released the album One Hot Minute. But lyrically, they didn't really change a whole lot. So from one big mob, you're just in time Dave rocking to the beat of the kangaroo let me kiss your feet and your forehead too can I leave again that's a stretch (laughs) it gets quite animalistic I mean there's lots of references to animals and sex number seven um, (laughs) bringing it quite up to date their last album in which you uh, look around put my peg into your square run around like we just don't care with his peg in her square 
put my peg into your square. <laughs> yeah. Three-legged race. But, and then run. Oh, and then run. I, I'm not sure how logistically it would work. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's very good he's, he's going for it. Number six, Mother's Milk. Back in 1989, he was, he was writing these sterling lyrics. Um, intercourse with a porpoise is a dream for me. It's beautiful. Do you think his therapist, <laughs> like... Is the same therapist that he's always had, and this guy's just like I don't think one person could handle. No, you know what I kind of love to think about though while you're reading these out. So like, God knows, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) no, because like obviously he's famously got a a very toned physique for a man of his age. Famously, so he (laughs) exercises quite a lot, and a lot of people say that exercise is the best way to get new ideas and think things through. So I just have this image of Anthony like on his treadmill, obviously in his house because he's not going to use the gym. Just like <laughs> they're running, and he's like, "Oh, pagan squares." I, po- what were the other things like porcupines? <laughs> I don't know. Like just these porpoises. Yes. Porpoises. But yeah. what that he's struck by inspiration while yeah, working out in his own gym. Like him, I need to stop the treadmill. Yeah. Wait. So do, okay. a little more so do we reckon? Case. Do we reckon then that like his treadmill like overlooks a fucking zoo? Because I mean, like Possibly. all these lyrics are about he might. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Give us some more, Greg. So he stops the treadmill. He goes, I've got an idea. I have to jump off. Get a notepad. Indeed. <laughs> um, number five. I like you cheeky. So Mozambique Which is just, you know, uh, one of the references which isn't about California. Mm-hmm. Number four. <laughs> number four. Now, he can get political and kind of, he has a social conscience. Um, he's talking about back in the day. I've got tapes. I've got CDs. I've got my public enemy. My lily white ass is tickled pink when I listen to the music that makes me think. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. That's the power of equality. Yeah. Um, challenging rage against machines the early 90s there um, we're down to number three so here's the top three this is from Californication studio, maybe the studio itself is getting hotter by the way. <laughs> Gorilla Contilla Sammy D and Salmonella come with me because I'm an ass killer so that's that's one of their most famous songs I don't know what you're um, number two this is great we're back to the animals naked in the rain with a killer whale I can taste the salt when I lick his tail <laughs> Alright, and number one. Number one from Mother's Milk, 1989, Anthony Kiedis, riding down the path on the back of a giraffe. Me and the giraffe laughed when I passed some gas. Oh. <laughs> yeah, ending with some flatulence there. And now on to oh the album. God. Yeah, well, the album, I don't know if it that ever genuinely puts the album in lives up to that yeah. level. No, it doesn't. If, if anything, he has toned himself down quite a bit. Yeah, yeah but I mean, it's still he's shit, he's, though, he's, isn't it? He's 53. <laughs> viciousness of that it's like, just I mean I was so fucking disappointed with this album I actually went in with something of an open mind why um, but because you know what I think part of it was the fact that we reviewed garbage on last week's show and I was thinking that a lot of the same things that you could say there you know like garbage didn't reinvent the wheel on that record they have you know it was their sixth album they've been around for 20 years it, it wasn't anything massively vibrant but it was just good at what they do sure and so I was giving this album some credit that maybe the Red Hot Chili Peppers are going to be good at what they do. But unfortunately, all those things that you could say positively about the Garbage Record, that, you know, that, yeah, that when not under pressure to make an album, they did it because they had ideas. Or that they've managed to still find fertile ground in, you know, their area and what they've been doing throughout their careers. I thought Red Hot Chili Peppers failed on all of those Grounds. I mean, I was reminded of a, a line that The Guardian used when the Stone Roses released their first comeback single, which was that uh, they sound like people who've just remembered they booked studio time. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah. it's no surprise when you read that Danger Mouse apparently told them to scrap all their songs. 30 songs were scrapped, yeah. And so they were writing in the studio. And um, to me, it sounds fucking chaotic. It just it sounds like they've just had no real ideas. Josh Klinghoffer, is it Josh Klinghoffer? Klinghoffer, yes, 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 yes. Klinghoffer. He sounds like somebody doing a bad impression of John Frusciante. That's probably all he's allowed to do, though. I feel like it's probably like a Jason Newstead and Metallica situation, where it's, you're just a hired hand, and you're like, this is probably your dream job, so but you just not, shut the fuck but up. But he's not even good at it. Like, well, the, he the, doesn't... The, oh, I don't know. The intro to Good Boy Angel sounds like a kid trying to learn to play something like Snow or... You know something that John Frusciante would play in and that kind of high melodic. I, I was going to say famously, but probably not famously. Um, but he's admitted before that he can't actually play the riff to snow because he just can't get the. It's too. It's too hard to. Play. Is that true? Yeah. yeah. I think maybe at this point he has, but certainly for the first number of years they just couldn't play it because that finger picking was too insane. There was, so yeah, you heard the song "Dark Necessities" and the track after it on the album, "The Return Red." I mean. That's a very poor song. Yeah, <laughs> but, but, but what's more, when you hear the fucking bass and the drums kick back in, like it honestly had me questioning how technology works and like can Spotify skip <laughs> like a record? Is there some needle somewhere in Spotify HQ that's just slipped back onto track two again? Because there's no way they should sound that similar. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's and- what I thought. It just all sounded very the same song There's well I think unlike their last record I'm With You which was their first without John Frusciante and he is like very much the elephant in the room in terms of any of their good ideas were kind of his ideas weren't they it seems to be that way yeah. when you think of Chili Peppers songs like they're kind of and they've you will admit they've made some good music of course a distinctive absolutely thing. definitely when you think of those great moments it's usually a kind of guitar riff or guitar figure or something like that um, so you're very much missing that I don't know if he's doing an impression of him but he's He's a bit more integrated this time, but he seems kind of superfluous, which means you're giving more free reign to flee on the bass, which is just slap bass. Like, yep. it's, it's constant it's slap, slap bass. bass. Mm. Yeah, um, which sounds like Seinfeld. But I do think, as I was going to say, unlike I'm With You, the songs are slightly stronger in this. Danger Mouse has done a decent enough production job where I, they, there's a bit of progression here. Would you They've agree? slightly. Would you agree with Harriet Gibson in The Guardian, who says that Josh Klinghoffer's style brings out a spacier, melancholy feel that mutes the burliness of previous records? No. I, I would to a degree on some of the tracks. I do actually think there are moments here where they're not just doing the funk they used to do, but a more neutered version. I think they find some avenues where they could actually have a bit of a life after this. Um, but for the most part, he's, he doesn't have enough of an impact. Um, you see, I mean, I kind of, like, I do go along with you in the idea that it is, like, a slightly muted version of, of what they've done before. But but for me, I felt that in a negative way. Okay. Like, like it actually sounds more toothless. It's very toothless. And yeah. kind of just more derivative than any sort of kind of new direction or, or reinvention or anything like that. Um, Yeah, it, it sounded to me like a band just going through the motions with little, if any, inspiration um, for, for anything new. There was one song, I can't remember the title, but the start of it, it really reminded me of the maybe like a try, kind of hope of recreating Under the Bridge. Did anyone? Yeah. Did yeah. you get that um, too? What was it? Was it, it was like maybe The Longest Wave? Four, possibly, yeah. yeah. I have The Longest Wave, Under the Bridge written now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and there's lots of moments like that. There's another track where the start is basically p- the start of Parallel Universe. Mm. There's the kind of lead up to Can't Stop is, you know, do 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 There's that. Like, you're kind of getting this hodgepodge of ideas they've had pre- previously. But I do think there are moments where they're finding some new ground, honestly. And I think there are at least a few tunes on this where there wasn't with the last one. Okay, there's tunes in as much as, for example, Sick Love is destined to be on the radio you know, in the summer, but it's just so paint by numbers. It's so connect the dots, and like it just sounds like it sounds like nobody in the band is trying. Not a single member of the band is actually trying. It's just like, do you want to do a new album? Yeah, fuck it, we'll do a new album. Go on tour. Here it is. Yeah, and and that that I think was kind of the the disappointing thing here because like surely they don't need to. No, like no. they they can book their gigs and sell out in a lot of different places all over the world. They have made money. And continue to make money like that. Those checks will keep coming in, whether they bring out a new record or not. There's very little on here that makes me think, "Oh well, you know, thank God I did, did that, or that was worthwhile." There's very little on it that makes me think that they ever had a moment where they rang each other and said, "Well, this is great. We should really get back into studio here." <laughs> it, yeah. Well, Anthony Keaton has said this is the best collection of songs they've ever written. You're which kidding is me? Just you know, which is a, what a lot of people say before albums. Yeah, but, but I'm, you know. like, there are times when people say that, and okay, every time they say it, it's just my own new album. But there's times when people say that, and you're just like, oh, you don't, you don't even believe this. You couldn't possibly, you know, yeah. like, there's no credibility there whatsoever. There, there, there's two tracks in here. I think it's Detroit, and then this Ticonderoga. Two of the worst tracks I've ever heard. Like, and they come one after the other. Go Robot has some horrific lyrics. Oh, can we it? talk about Robot? Please. Go okay. Go go go. Robot has like the worst lyrics ever. But at least it does. It's something. a bit of a jam. It's like. a bit of a jam. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually like, it's a, a bit of fun. At like, least it yeah. moves. Yeah. You know, like something actually happens on it. But it's a terrible song. But like, I mean, like it's that's not a terrible song. It, the lyrics lyrically, it's the, atrocious. It, it's it's beyond. This is like the, the Limp Bizkit problem, where like Fred Durst actually had a great band around him. Like with everything about Limp Bizkit, those guys can fucking play, and. Fred Durst would never invariably ruin that by being Fred yeah. Durst. That's what the Chili Peppers are now. Yeah, yeah. It's Anthony Kiedis and some guys who can play really good music, but they're just like, oh, well, this'll do, and he's going to just fucking vomit all over anyway. But I sex will with at animals. least give Kiedis credit that he's had better moments than Fred Durst has ever had, for example. I would disagree. I read really? a headline recently. Really? That's yeah. insanity. My I God. read a headline recently that Anthony Kiedis said that he regretted his memoir. I have a feeling in a few years' time he's going to regret this album. Yeah, I. I do I don't you, see. I don't think this is an album you regret. Really, it's just something they did. Like, this, you know, this, this, yeah. so this is the they'll thing. just move on to the next yeah. record and the next world tour. Yeah. yeah, whether or not this is regretted kind of depends on whether or not there's something good around the corner. There's not an awful lot of signs here for me. I think Craig, you you felt that there was yeah. some reasons to be positive. If this ends up being you know the absolute dip in form that quickly gets changed when they go two or three more albums then fine yeah you'll regret it this might be the album as well where we just finally say the Red Hot Chili Peppers are done it's over yeah and uh yeah I mean part I could, of me I could, thinks that I'm, is a real possibility yeah like I'm happy listening to them I actually you know that sound just kind of as I said has a nostalgic thing for me I like his actual voice so you know <laughs> just, there is a thing where my critical faculties are gone you know but um it's not the worst. It's grand. I enjoy, I kind of half enjoyed listening to it occasionally, but there's a lot of problems with it, and it's not really. The seeds have been scraped out of the chili. Giz- oh. <laughs> Does that count? G- give a score, Craig. <laughs> I'm going to give this uh, a week six out of ten. A week six. Okay, yeah, six ish. Sorry. Um, 
four. <laughs> Dave. <laughs> to be fair, I think Zara's like non-committalness there totally makes sense in the context of this record. How could you possibly? But seeing as a lot of things are coming to an end on this podcast, for example, me going to festivals, the career of the Kaiser Chiefs, and now possibly the career of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, I will grant them a three out of ten. Yeah. And I've got to go with you, David. Three out of ten for me. Give it up. High five. An album without very Ow. many redeeming qualities. <laughs> um, yeah. Hugely disappointing. But there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we'll move on with our lives. That's that, and that's the end of them. Have we listened to anything else this week that we enjoyed, new or old? Uh, I am. Not only is it new, I'm moving into the future. Um, <laughs> I, I haven't talked to the guys from Biffy Clyro earlier, so I've been listening to their album quite a bit over Which the past few days. Which has the uh, single worst album artwork of the year. It's definitely not the worst, mate. Uh, actually, the album artwork for The Getaway, the Shady Peppers album, is also horrific. Mm. It's like a bear being led by a... It's a, a More animals. Like, yeah, yeah, it's a bear being led by a kid. There's also like a, a raccoon and a bird, and I walked by like a big blown-up version of it on the street the other day, and I did a double take. I was like, you kidding me? Really? That's yeah. okay. Fine, but they're, they've they're, never had good. Yeah, their arcs always yeah. their arcs always been terrible. Yeah, I've seen some fucking shockers out there anyway, so I, I won't. Well, say Biffy Clyro, Biffy the three lads curled up into the into the fetal position. It is bad. It's atrocious. Yeah. It's, yeah. But uh, but their new album, Ellipsis, uh, it's quite good. It's got it's <laughs> very 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 questionable moments, but it's also got a couple of kind of you know proper bangers, I suppose. Sort of thing they excel at. And, uh, yeah, frankly, I had no choice anyway. I had to listen to the album. I had no choice. <laughs> Colm O'Regan. <laughs> so, you're not going to give us a full judgment on that yet? More on the a, album? Yeah. It, it's good. Biffy Clara fans will be happy, I presume, yeah? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, and more to the point as well, though, it's an interesting one. They tend to make albums in threes. and Sounds like a threat. Yeah. Well, no, it's basically that they've always said that, you know, their first three albums were very much similar. It's not and just what you two do. They nick that off you two. And then the next three <laughs> albums were extremely similar in that sense that this will now be album number seven. If there's two more to follow, I'm not sure exactly where it's going to end up because it is probably a little more broad and a little more. It's going to end up with me being like, we have there. nine Biffy Clyro albums out there in the world. Yeah. That's not right, is it? But um, but yeah, that 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 record is out. I think in fortnight's time. And uh, yeah, Biffy Clyro fans will definitely be be pleased with what they hear. Topless with riffs coming to you soon, probably. Yeah. Um, so recently, I was listening to a lot of Adam Green's new album. Oh, okay. It's interesting. I haven't heard of him in about 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> What's up with him? What's up with Adam? So he's only a bit saucy with some of his lyrics. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Robot sex and um, giraffes. Not too far off. <laughs> so, But like some very nice musical moments. And then also recently I revisited Star Park's album and I have a bit of a soft spot for this album. I reviewed it and essentially sounded like a 15-year-old girl telling a boy in the corner of the disco, look, mate, I really like you. <laughs> look, mate. <laughs> that, was that what people did? That's how you started. Like, look, mate. Yeah, she, 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 she talks like it's, like it's her dad, kind of puts a hand on the shoulder and everything, you know. Like it actually, I've got some terrible it, news. It makes like, me blush. Like even, I love it. It's a re- it's a wow. She's blushing right now. Yeah, That's Craig, what's impressed you? Um, well, nothing as much as that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been listening to Big Thief's album or Brooklyn Duo. Um, very good. It's called Masterpiece, um, which is probably not quite accurate, but it is very good. It's kind of folky rock. I think if you like Sharon Van Etten or Angel Olsen. 
Um, you will very much like this. There's some great songs on it, uh, Real Love in particular. It's kind of good riffs. Um, I think the lead singer, Adrienne Lenker, I believe it is, she kind of was a lot more folky and acoustic and a bit not my kind of thing, but they've beefed up the sound and there's some great songs on it. So I'd, I'd check out that. Big Thief. Very good. Um, and myself, personally, I have been listening to some music as well. Uh, <laughs> are you okay? <laughs> because it's my podcast. I can do what I want. Uh, I've been listening to two albums this week. Ooh, two. Same time? Yeah. You find the time, Dave. Uh, I, like, I'm a man of many... Do you read two books at once? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's got a lazy eye, so he can actually um, I've listened to Mitski's album uh, It's called Puberty 2 There's a review actually up on Headstuff Music at the moment by Mark Conroy He gave it 8 out of 10 And uh, he describes it as kind of a fiery Punk folk uh, Kind of music And that's pretty much spot on And I kind of feel like um, It's it's a really good record Like I mean, like, There's a track on there called Your Best American Girl Which I think is one of the best songs of the year um, It's got that kind of Hazy, kind of shoegazy Kind of, you know like, oh, this could have sounded like it was recorded in someone's garage, but there's clearly a lot of money spent on it type thing going on. Uh, I feel like I'm not selling it very well. It's very, very good. Uh, it's kind of like one of those kind of introspective things about relationships. I don't know if she actually approaches anybody in the course of the record and says, listen, mate, in any kind of melancholic tone, but I recommend it. But I, what I've mostly been listening to, apart from that, is I've kind of fallen back down the Nine Inch Nail as well. And uh, <laughs> quite a well. Do we need to have another intervention, Dave? And uh, yeah, I've been listening to The Fragile uh, which is a superb double record, uh, a classic. Uh, if you read the Pitchfork review of that from back in the day, I hope the writer was shot into the sun because it was one of those like was Pitchfork was really trying to be Pitchfork, and it's just like it's one of those awful, awful yeah, reviews. No, ignore it, but terrible. As for the record, uh, I was getting visibly upset at the uh, thought yeah, of it, clenching my fists. Uh, as for the record, it's it's absolutely fantastic. If you've never heard Knives and Nails, I feel like the Fragile is pretty much a good introduction for you. It has so many fucking great moments on it, and it's just, uh, yeah, I'm kind of anticipating this new album, which may or may not happen this year, and I really, really want it. <laughs> so I do. Do you know what? I might check it out. Might you? Yeah. yeah. Might yeah. you? Well, you know, do you know what you should check out, Craig? What should I check out, Dave? You check out the Headstuff Podcast Network because we have other podcasts on the network, I not just know. this one. Like what? Well, I'm glad you asked because actually, you know, what we have we have stickers now. I'm looking at a. I'm, I'm holding some. They're yeah, very exciting. I'm, I'm looking at these stickers. It's almost like like getting like a you know like a Premier League sticker book and like you know doing swaps. Put it on my stuff. desk when I get home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, excellent, fantastic. Go, yeah. Yeah. So we got stickers for the various different podcasts. Uh, obviously, no encore is here. If you're listening to us, uh, how's it going? Hope you're doing well. <laughs> uh, send in some you correspondence. Made it this far, what is wrong far. with you? Yeah. Um, if you listen to the podcast and you get to, you've got to subscribe to us, I would ask that you would. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, whatever Android capability you need can also be accommodated as well. Uh, rate and review the show. We like to read people who leave bad comments, so don't read those uh, or leave those. Rather, we'll we'll read them. You leave them. Good comments. <laughs> we'll read them. You leave them. That should be our motto. Yeah. Rate and review the show on iTunes. Cullum is peeling a sticker off as we speak. I don't know what he's going to do with it. Probably put it over my mouth because I'm rambling. But here's the thing: there are other podcasts as well. If you don't like music, but if you don't like music, what's the point in living, man? Uh, there's the Headstuff Podcast, which is kind of the original uh, behemoth that birthed all these ones. Alan Bennett looks after that in in fine Alan Bennett fashion. This Alan, is a very bloated promo. <laughs> Alan McGuire uh, is is the host of Juvenalia, which is a great podcast about nostalgic things. Garrett Farrelly hosts Fascinated, uh, in which he interviews cool people like the singer from Bewitched and other people who he tracks down. He goes across the world hunting them down and making them talk to him. And the Alison Spittle Show is a live kind of performance variety hour recorded in the Workman's Club, and it's very, very good. All of those are available on the Headstuff Podcast Network. All of them are available on iTunes. Subscribe to them all. Subscribe to every single one of them, why don't you? 
And uh, yeah, I guess that's it for this week. How 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 are we all doing after that? It's very warm in the studio. It's very warm, <laughs> but I'm happy. I'm, I've happy. had a great yeah. time, especially <laughs> a, especially after that triumphant win over France slash defeat, devastating loss. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yesterday mixed emotions. It must be said <laughs> mixed emotions. Uh, Zara Z- Zara's hidden talent, by the way, is making up jokes. Can you make up one on the spot right now, Zara? This is the moment of truth. <laughs> She's recoiling in horror. Can I just do one of my my back catalogs? Here, Simon well, said too. it was new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you don't have a stand-up special on DVD. Like, <laughs> you won't, you won't be able to track it down. <laughs> yes, ha- yes, you can. What happens when it rains torrentially at a graveyard? I don't know. The plot thickens. <laughs> yep. Deadpan. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> It was so. Right. It was so funny that we that we just couldn't do anything about it. We're gonna we're, we're gonna put an audio of like a Michael McIntyre crowd laughing at it. Thank you. Um, thank you though. Thank you for coming in, Zara. Thank you. We, we hope to have you back. Oh. Thank you, Craig. Thank you for returning to your duties. Woo! You're more than welcome, Dave. Appreciate so, that. It was an honor. Maybe next time I'll pick the album, shall I? <laughs> <laughs> there was nothing else. Come on. And Cullum, my buddy, my good friend. I just realised I saluted what you. The as what the hell was going on, on there? A podcast. <laughs> it's just like, hi, Colm. I wave at a microphone. Um, You're in yeah. Vietnam together. Cheers, bro. <laughs> We've seen things. Yeah, yeah. We've seen, many have. We've seen things. <laughs> to play us out this week, Emma Langford, a genre-bending singer, songwriter, and guitarist from Limerick City, who has just launched her eponymous debut EP, six tracks, all very good. Check that out it's on her Bandcamp right now. This is "You Are Not Mine." My name is Dave Hanratty. There will be no encore. This has been no encore. And I'll see you soon, guys. I bear scars you don't care to see. They're not in clear view, but they're so dear to me. And those are scars I would not remove for that I have loved and lost. They are my proof. So if we go. I want you to know that it's all right You can dance with whoever you want to, it's fine I am not yours and you are not mine She watches him watch her crossing the floor And we all know you'd love to have kissed her once more that our love was never to be You were not yourself and she was not me You were not yourself and I set you free And if we go out dancing tonight I want you to know that it's alright You can dance with whoever you want to, it's fine I am not yours and you are not mine I am not yours and you are not mine I am not yours and you are not mine Side the maiden 
signs I'm as red and I'm sorry my boy but I have been here before and you bear the markings of a boy I could adore and I will only break your heart and turn and that is sure so if we're dancing I'm best left I think that they show the birds flying in the sky because after you kiss a girl, you feel like you're flying. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Okay, so to play us out, as always on the show, we like to exit with an Irish song. Uh, not in Irish necessarily, but that's all right. That's allowed as well. I saw the gloaming of audience, so they were pretty good. And uh, yeah, so if you've got Irish music, new Irish music, and preferably good ones, send it in to music at headstuff.org. We'll go through it and we'll see what happens. Playing us out this evening is uh, Emma Langford. She is a genre. <laughs> God. Sorry, mate. I'm sorry, you're going to have to go again. But you, you saying I saw the gloaming was the most. Oh, black friends. No one I've ever heard in my life. You were just like. Doesn't have to be an Irish. That's my dude. the gloaming. They're pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus Christ oh, He literally started like collapsing onto the desk <laughs> Okay okay well, And I tried to write it down So I could just show Zara And get it out of my system that way How, how far what, what did you actually write I've down I've written I've got oh. And I was just going to say I've got black friends But I just didn't <laughs> If you, had, if you had just written down, I've got black friends out of context and oh. shown her that piece of paper, she's probably been like, I'm leaving. No, I think she's just Okay. Let's try that again. To play us out was where you're at. To play us out. Oh, oh my God. All right. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.